You're listening to the Digital State of Mind podcast with your host, Jessica Hawks, where we get honest about all things entrepreneurship, balancing life and business, and navigating the world in a digital age. Welcome back to another episode of Digital State of Mind. This is a special episode because we have Sydney Kerr. Sydney has a very special place in my heart because she was actually my first one-on-one student way back in the day, August of 2020. So it's been a long time now and uh, there's been a lot of changes that have happened in both of our lives and both of our businesses. And we've kind of joined forces as well. Sydney's also a co-coach in DCA. So I'm super excited to have you here, Sydney. I'm gonna have you kick it off by just introducing yourself. We were just saying before we officially started, the last time we tried to film something together, um, it took us about an hour to film a 10-second video. So. We were just laughing the whole time. Uh-huh. So we funny. So. <laughs> we're hoping yeah, that so doesn't happen again. Yeah, it takes us multiple there's going to be at the end of it multiple days of effort that have gone into this one podcast episode so you better listen all the way through <laughs> all right Sydney so let us know how you got started how you found the online space and kind of how your business has changed since then yes so I'm Sydney Kerr I'm so excited to be on the podcast because yeah Jess and I are like business besties and we've been through a lot together just in the past couple of years And if it weren't for her, I wouldn't even be in this position. So it's totally a full circle moment. But I started my business, um, technically my first business experience as a business owner was when I started my floral business. So I actually started out as a wedding florist. Um, I realized that I had a passion for design and flowers, and it really started as a hobby. So I started up doing just flowers here and there. And I started my business up in Utah, which worked out really well for me because so many people are getting married up there. And I was kind of just like thrown into the wedding industry and it took off really, really quickly. And that was like a huge passion of mine and just being able to do that and earn an income doing something that I loved and that was creative was seriously like it just opened my eyes up to a whole new world of like not having to have a typical corporate job, like there's other things that you can do to make money and support yourself. So that was like my first experience. And then the, I did that for a couple of years and then 2020 is like, we all know what happened. (laughs) The wonderful pandemic of 2020, it was honestly huge for my business and huge for um, kind of putting me on this path of where I am now because what happened was as a wedding florist, like so much of my income was put on pause and weddings were rescheduling and things were just up in the air. And I had no idea how I was going to make my money during that time. And so I kind of started thinking, I'm like, all right, I need to pivot this somehow. I have skills in the wedding industry. I know social media. I know marketing. I know how to, you know, do certain admin tasks that fall into running a business in the wedding industry. So I was like, okay, 
I've heard, I had heard about being a virtual assistant before because, um, you know, I used to spend just like you does, I used to spend hours, literally hours, just like researching, like, how can I make money online? How can I, um, earn an income and travel and like, you know, have that digital nomad, nomad lifestyle that so much of us are curious about. And so like years ago, I kind of stumbled across being a VA, but I was just like, oh, it kind of seems too good to be true. I never really did anything with it. And then I started my wedding floral business. All my income was put on hold and that kind of really stopped me in my tracks. And I was like, okay, I really actually do need to figure out how to make money during this whole pandemic. So I went to Instagram and I looked up virtual assistant because I was like, oh, maybe I could be a virtual assistant for wedding creatives because I am a wedding creative myself. I know the industry. I know the ins and outs. So I went to Instagram. I looked up virtual assistant and Jessica's account is the first one that came across my mind. So I was like, and I saw that, you know, Jess, you were also working with wedding creatives. So I was like, this is a match made in heaven. This is exactly what I want to be doing. So I DM'd her and I was like, tell me how you're doing this because this is exactly what I need to be doing. And we talked, we DM'd, the rest was history. I was her first one-on-one client. So just the fact that like having a mentor in this space really kicked things off for me. And that's kind of where I'm at right now. Still have my business. I've since been able to really niche down into marketing. So that was July, 2020 when I officially started. And now we're in what, 2022, which is crazy. So a lot has changed since then, but it's been incredible. Yeah. And a lot changed. I remember whenever you first reached out to me, I was also nervous because it was my first, you know, coaching student. And I was, you know, Mm -hmm. I remember on our call that we had to kind of see if we wanted to work together. I was super nervous and I, you were just like, yeah, I'm ready. Let's do it. And I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) But you were ready to dive in. Yeah. I had a feeling that it was going to turn into something. And I kind of had this mindset where it was like, I really didn't have any other option. Like I had to figure something out. And I sort of just had this goal in mind where I was like, you know what, I'm going to try this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to start this business online. I have a mentor. I have help. If it doesn't work out, then I can just, you know, obviously still be doing flowers and figure out how to kind of keep that afloat for a while. But yeah, it was that decision that changed everything for me. So. Yeah. And whenever you started, you gained traction really, really quickly. You did super mm-hmm. well. You got your first client within a couple of weeks, right? Mm-hmm. And then yeah. you, you were booked out. I think we worked together for eight weeks or so. And I think you were completely booked out before we were even like halfway into that. So you had gained a lot of traction. Um, can you walk us through kind of what that felt like and then how, like what your business looked like then, what services you were offering and kind of how Mm -hmm. you were setting that up as opposed to everything that you are doing now in your business over a year later. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was honestly a whirlwind in the beginning because I didn't really think much through. I kind of just threw it all out there and I put myself out there and I started taking action. And I think that that's really how things happened is I've always been the person where I don't really sit on a decision for very long. It's kind of hard for me to like, I mean, I do overanalyze. I know a lot of us do in some sense, but I've always kind of been the person just to like throw caution to the wind and do things. Like I moved to Utah to be with my then boyfriend, who's now my husband. I moved to Utah like on a whim just to be with him. I had no, didn't know anyone up there. And I've always kind of been that person to be like, this feels right. I'm just going to do it. And so I think I really just threw myself into my business and 
the biggest thing in the beginning was I started networking like crazy. Like I was um, creating content. I was showing up on my stories and I really decided to leverage the fact that I had connections within the, the wedding industry that I knew um, plenty of photographers and fellow florists and planners and people who needed what I had. And so I really focused on the fact that like I had a service to offer that could benefit those people and connection was the biggest thing for me in the beginning. And so I think that's really where things took off was just not being afraid to talk to people and be like, Hey, I'm starting this business. I'm starting this new venture. This is what I'm working on. And I you know, have this service that could really be beneficial for you. So in the beginning, I was offering pretty much just overall support to other um, wedding creatives. So I was doing a lot of admin tasks, um, website management, marketing, social media, creating graphics, answering emails, um, setting up contracts for their clients, things like that, like anything under the sun that they needed help with, they were able to hand those tasks and their business over to me so that they could free up their time for other things. Um, so it really, it kind of just took off from there. I was doing anything and everything. And then from there, I was able to really figure out um, what I was good at and what I loved. And I remember in the beginning, I had, I officially kind of started taking on clients in August of 2020. And I made a goal for myself. I'm like, okay, if I could be booked out with VA clients by December 2020 at 35 hours a week, then I'll be happy. And I was able to hit that in like, I think like four, no, four to six weeks, I want to say I was like fully booked out. And I think I can really credit that to obviously having a coach, having a mentor, showing me the rope, showing me what worked and what didn't work, but also not being afraid to take action and get out there and start talking to people and really just like not being afraid to say, this is who I am. This is what I offer and selling myself in that kind of a way. And then as you kind of started to get clients and gain traction, did you notice that there was kind of a point where you were like, okay, I can only scale a certain point beyond this without starting to change things in my business, the way I do my packages, what services I offer? Can you kind of talk us through what that looked like and then how you made that change? Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. I remember hitting a point, um, like four to five months into my business where I was so excited about my business. I was so excited about what I was doing for my clients that I kind of started saying yes to everything and anything. And it got to the point where I was um, feeling burnt out. I was working like 12 hours a day. And then at the end, I'd be like, oh my gosh, I'm kind of, I was sort of a slave to my business in a way where like, I loved what I was doing so much that I didn't really know how to, um, create that structure for myself where it was like, okay, you need to have a working schedule. You need to have boundaries with your clients and you really need to make sure that this is aligned with what kind of a business owner you want to be and how you want your lifestyle to look like. So eventually I got kind of maxed out on hours. I was working like 35, 40 hours a week and I was learning so much at that time and I was improving on my skills and I was able to incrementally raise my prices with my clients because I, you know, was learning so much and improving my skills. Um, but yeah, it gets to the point where you kind of feel like, okay, in order for this to be sustainable, in order for me to keep doing this long-term, I either have to set boundaries for myself or figure out a way that I can scale this even further than what I'm already doing. And that's when I decided to 
get really clear on the services that I wanted to continue offering and establish myself more as a virtual assistant who offered like niche services and who had an expertise. So eventually instead of offering like admin tasks and charging or yeah, charging people, people hourly, I decided to transition into offering monthly packages where I was like, okay, I offer Instagram management. I offer blogging, SEO, Pinterest. Like these are the services that I really love and really can um, make incredible results on your business with. And I was able to scale that charge monthly versus hourly. So I was able to make more while working less. So I was no longer trading my time for money. I was actually trading my expertise for money, which is when things really started to shift and take off for me. And I had more time in my life. I wasn't working as much, but I was still making the same impact, if not more of an impact for my clients and providing them even better results because I wasn't overworking myself and burnt out all the time. (laughs) Yeah, I think that and for anyone who's listening, who's kind of wondering what the difference between hourly and service based packages are, you know, typically we teach at least within DCA to start out, you know, with hourly packages, which is where Mm -hmm. someone is booking you for a certain amount of time every single week. And the reason for that is kind of like what Sydney was just mentioning is that whenever you're first starting out, you're usually offering so many different services to kind of start to figure out what you really want to specialize in and what you really love. And it's difficult Mm -hmm. to come out of the gate with service-based packages, even though in the long term, they are really great for your business because you don't know exactly what you're going to love. You don't want to be creating service-based packages for every small service that you may offer. And so like, what happened with Sydney, once she kind of specialized in SEO and blogging and Pinterest, she was able to say, okay, I know how long these tasks take me. I know what they're worth. I can create a package where instead of charging someone for a certain amount of hours every week, I'm simply charging them for Pinterest management for the month or blogging Mm -hmm. for the month. And you know, the beauty in that is that once you get better at what you're doing, you're making more money instead of making less money. Hi, Teddy, <laughs> which helps you in the exactly. long run. And I think that some people men- are listening to this may think, oh, well, Sydney was already in the uh, you know wedding industry. She already was familiar with marketing. But I think that there's such a difference when you are kind of behind the scenes helping people yeah, with that versus, yeah, versus doing it for your own business. So did you have a lot of experience in marketing? Did you feel super confident in that before you became you know specialized in that essentially? Yeah, I definitely didn't feel like an expert at first. I felt like and I knew that there was still so much for me to learn. Um, But I knew that it was something that I could see myself doing long term because I loved it and I enjoyed it. So doing marketing for my own floral business, I had experience like posting on Instagram and um, figuring out different strategies for bringing leads into my business. And I hadn't done any blogging. So that is something that I kind of learned as I went. But as far as like Pinterest goes, for example, I had a Pinterest account set up and I was sort of using that for my business, but definitely not to its fullest potential. So having like starting my business as a virtual assistant and actually being in other people's businesses and having to like log in and click around and post things and figure out what was working and what wasn't working. That was when I really started to be like, okay, I know what I'm doing. I'm learning so much more on the spot. And yeah, to go along with what you said too, I'm so glad that I structured my business the way I did in the beginning with just charging hourly and offering a wide array of services because what that did was not only did it 
like teach me more about the wedding industry and my ideal client and what they needed and what they were struggling with. But it also showed me um, different tasks that I knew I could provide results with or different things that I was good at. It also showed me how long it took me to do certain tasks. And then from that information, that experience, I was unable to craft packages and services that I knew were curated based on my experience and based on what I knew about just the industry, what I knew about my ideal client and um, from there. So yeah, I'm so glad I did it the way I did. And I think a lot of people, like it's important to remember that there are so many different stages of your business. Like it's okay to be in those building stages where you're still figuring things out. You're still kind of going through trial and error. Like you don't necessarily need to skip ahead to the growing and scaling phase if you're not ready for that yet. And there's beauty in every single stage and you really should never feel like, okay, I feel like I need to be six months ahead of where I'm at now. Like I'm so grateful for every stage of my business because it taught me exactly what I needed to then get to the next level each time. So Mm -hmm. yeah, it's, I feel like it's so important to be able to have that type of deep understanding of where you're at before you start to move forward. And that's, goes for anyone who's at any point in their business because I still find myself doing that. I'm sure you do the same thing, wanting to jump ahead and think of all these, you know, crazy things that you want to do before you're even finished. Yeah. With the project that you're on. Um, So I feel like there's a lot of people who kind of now have become familiar with the VA world. You were familiar with it before, you know, you even actually started and this was years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, But I feel like the idea of being a Pinterest manager is not something that people are super familiar with. And once Mm -hmm. they find out about it, they're like, oh, I can actually do that. I think that I didn't know that that existed before I found out Mm -hmm. about the online business space. And I think that we just typically think of Pinterest, obviously, as, you know, using it for ideas and, you know, house decor and outfits and recipes and things like that. So can you explain to people what actually goes into being a Pinterest manager and what the difference between being a Pinterest manager Mm -hmm. and a virtual assistant is? Yeah, definitely. It's crazy because if you had asked me 2020, two years ago, if I would see myself being a Pinterest manager, first of all, I would say I wouldn't believe you. And second of all, I would have no idea what that even meant. Um, Again, like, yeah, Pinterest to me was just like, I did know that people were on Pinterest for their business and they were marketing their services there. I had a very vague idea of that, but I didn't know that you could actually have a career managing Pinterest and strategizing that for another business. So um yeah, the, the difference I would say, like with being a Pinterest manager, you're really focused on um, creating content to market your client's business. So you're creating pins, um, you're linking those p- pins back to blog posts that they've curated. Um, you're essentially bringing more leads and more traffic to their business that they would not have had if they were only marketing on like Instagram or Facebook. And the whole like... Um, the whole dream with Pinterest and why it's so incredible as a business marketing tool is because you have the ability to go viral. Like your content can go viral on Pinterest. It lives on Pinterest for, for months and months, even years. So I feel like there's so much untapped potential on Pinterest that business owners are kind of just barely starting to really recognize. And that's why I have loved specializing in Pinterest because I've seen the results and I've seen how a business can grow by increasing their visibility on a platform like Pinterest, because 
especially for my ideal client with um, working in the wedding industry and all my clients are photographers and designers and florists. It's crazy the market that you can tap into with Pinterest because I always say when it comes to marketing, you want to be where your ideal client is at. So wherever they're hanging out, you need to really um, be spending time there and creating content there for them to see. So with wedding creatives, it's like everyone's planning their wedding on Pinterest. And so many people are going to Pinterest to have their problems solved and they're looking to be inspired. And the whole market on Pinterest is ready to buy. They're ready to make a purchase and they're there because they're looking for something. And Pinterest is a visual search engine. And I think that you know, so many people look at it as just like, oh yeah, I'm just going to go and pin a few things and get some ideas and inspiration. But the way that it's moved in just the past couple of years, as far as Pinterest as a platform is they're starting to recognize, um, the potential that it can have for businesses who are creating on Pinterest. And so there's so many new features that have been added, um, different ways to run ads, different ways to use SEO and really bring so much traffic to your business. That's why it's just such an incredible tool to use. But I think that as far as the difference between like being a Pinterest manager and being a virtual assistant is with Pinterest management, you're really focused on um, creating content and learning SEO and making sure that you have um, a really solid, consistent strategy for Pinterest and you're pinning for them. And with being a virtual assistant, you're kind of just offering um, help with whatever support they need in their business. And as a virtual assistant, like you can offer Pinterest services. And that's what I did was I did Pinterest and admin type tasks. Um, but as a Pinterest manager, you are solely focused on just managing Pinterest. That's your zone of genius. That's your expertise. And that's really where you spend the most time with your clients. Yeah. And I think that something that people may get confused on is who you can be a Pinterest manager for. Mm -hmm. um, I think a lot of people coming into the market of the online space are nervous about that market being oversaturated or that there's already so many Pinterest managers and mm -hmm. there's not that many people to choose from or to have as clients. And for one thing, that's not the case in any market, really. You know, mm -hmm. you you have the potential to get clients no matter what, and that's a whole yeah. different conversation. But you also can be a Pinterest manager for so many different types of people, whether mm -hmm. that's wedding creatives, which is who we both worked with, or interior designers, or brand designers, or yeah. health coaches, or VA coaches. I have a presence on you know Pinterest as well. There's so many different types of people who can benefit from that because mm -hmm. it's, it is so much different than Instagram or than TikTok. It really has kind of carved out its own space in the marketing world. So as far as Pinterest management goes, we know that there's a lot of people that's interested in, you know, in that kind of world. Do you mm -hmm. feel like, how do you feel like, you know, it's best for you to become a Pinterest manager versus being social media manager versus being a VA? What are really the benefits of deciding to kind of niche down in that service as a provider? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that anytime that you have a service that is specialized or niched, not only are you usually able to charge more for a very specialized service, but you're also able to very to reach a very specific um, type of business who is looking to um, market themselves on Pinterest. And when your messaging is very specific and you have a very clear idea of what you offer and it's specific, it is um, like you're really able to hone in on one area. Not only are you able to really get better at that thing that you do, you are able to just 
you know, be more clear on who you're trying to reach and who you're trying to target. So like, for example, if I were a social media manager, um, yes, there are so many different businesses that you can work with, but when you decide to specialize in Pinterest management, it's so easy to create content because it's all focused around Pinterest. So you're creating posts like why you should be on Pinterest, um, what can Pinterest do for your business? And you really start to become known for a, a certain thing. And when you're really able to bring that in and get really clear on what you offer and get very specific on what you're, what you're offering, people start to see you as an expert in that field and they trust you and they see your expertise and that really gravitates them towards you and they want to work with you even more because you have a very specific skill that you offer to the online space. So it sets you apart in a different way because it's a specific skill and it's really just a kind of a different way to bring a new perspective into marketing with this platform that not very many people, it's definitely on the rise, but there are still so many businesses out there who don't realize the potential of it. So you have that thing and you have that service that people can use to grow their business and you can do that for them. Yeah, I think that one of the reasons I really loved offering Pinterest, because that was one of the main services that I offered as well when I mm-hmm. whenever I was a VA, was that, you know, of course, whenever you start a business online, whether you're a virtual assistant or social media manager or whatever it is, you start to have that control of your schedule and that flexibility. Mm-hmm. And I love uh, the VA world <laughs> just as much. But what I really loved about being a Pinterest manager was that that time flexibility just is like shot through the roof when you take that on as your main service because people are paying you, your clients are paying you for this specific service that you are completely hands-on with and they are Mm -hmm. completely hands-off with. So it's a lot different than say, you know, helping one of your clients launch a course where there's, you know, so many timelines you're following and you are needing to be present for certain things or, you know, certain announcements or things like that. With Pinterest, it's completely different because you literally can do your work at mm-hmm. any time and you have the ability to schedule out, you know, their pins for a certain amount of time ahead and that way it can kind of work with your schedule if you're going out of town or something like that or if you are, you know, a mom and you need to work early in the morning or late at night or if you have or if you're in school or if you have a different job. Yeah. I feel like it's one of the service provider jobs that really allows for the most flexibility in your schedule, which I'm sure you've seen as well. It's probably yeah. one of the reasons you specialized in it too. It really is because people are handing over a service to you and they're kind of, you know, they're just trusting you to get them results and they're trusting you to create the content and manage their account. And they are hiring you for a service that they know is valuable and they are willing to invest in, but they don't know much about it or they don't want to take the time to learn how to do it themselves. And so they're handing it over to you who is someone who, I mean, they're not constantly you know, keeping up on, okay, like, what did you pin today? Like, it's very hands off for them, which is amazing for the client because they don't really have to do anything except for provide you some photos or like get you what you need, like up front. And then they hand it over to you, you manage their account and you can literally do it whenever you want to. And also too, the better, the more you do it, the better you get at it. So like when you first become a Pinterest manager, there is some Um, learning how to do keyword research or learning how to create pins that are really enticing that encourage people to click on them. There's all of that in the beginning, but once you really get a handle on what you're doing and it starts becoming second nature and you get into a flow, into a schedule, 
there's, you know, you can get to the point where you're working maybe like five to 10 hours a week for, you know, depending on how many clients you have, but you can get to the point where like with one client, you're maybe working two hours a week for them, but you're not getting paid for only working two hours a week. You're getting paid because you're managing their Pinterest. So you're essentially getting paid for your expertise and what you're delivering to them each month versus how long it takes you to do. So that's why it's so scalable because as you get better at Pinterest management and as you start to, um, you know, just get more comfortable with what you're doing and the results that you're providing, you can technically start getting paid more because you're working less. It takes you less to do those tasks. Yeah. So I think a lot of people are very curious about the actual numbers of this. I remember whenever I was first looking into being a VA or kind of found this whole world, I was just really confused about how much people were actually making, or at least I would see how much they were making and be like, how are you making that though? What does that break down into? So as far as Pinterest managers go, I would say the typical, you know, rate for that is anywhere between four to $800 a month for Pinterest management. And that's with one client. And obviously that's depending on your skills and your experience and, you know, the amount of time that you've been doing it and how you're Mm -hmm. able to market yourself. But to just kind of give everyone an idea of what that could look like, if you have you know, let's say five clients at $800 a month eventually, that's immediately putting you at $4,000 a month. And I would say, I mean, what would you say is the most that someone could, most amount of clients a month that one single person could take on as a, mm-hmm. as a Pinterest manager? Yeah, honestly, it depends. Like it'll, it'll look different in the beginning as mm-hmm. you try not to overwhelm yourself bef- like before you get comfortable with what you're doing. But Honestly, you can get to the point where you are taking on like up to 10 clients at a time or even more. Mm-hmm. Um, because like I said, as you build up an account and it starts to sort of manage itself, um, yeah. you're still creating content, you're still posting, but a lot of it is automated. And um, yeah, it gets to the point where so much of it is set up in the beginning. It manages itself and you can scale it so easily because not only can you take up to like 10 clients at a time when you're really you know, good at it or when you're really quick at it, but you can also start scaling in different ways. Like you can raise your prices, you can hire team members to help you manage Pinterest. And that way you can take on more clients. Mm -hmm. Um, You can also start adding in other services to make their Pinterest account thrive even more like blogging services or Mm -hmm. graphic design services or content strategy. You can even do website audits for them just to make sure that when people are finding them or finding their website through Pinterest, their website is set up to convert. So there's so many things that you can do to scale a business as a Pinterest manager and, you know, even more than just raising your prices. But yeah, you can take up to, I want to say like 10, 10 clients at a time. If you're at the point where you're like, Mm -hmm. you know, just in the flow, you're in the zone, you know what you're doing. Um, It becomes easy. So, Yeah. yeah. And I mean, for, you know, the numbers, again, that's at least if you are taking on 10 clients and you get to the point where you're charging $800 a month, you're already at 8K a month, mm-hmm. which is just crazy for the amount of time that you're actually working. And yeah. I think a lot of times people are like, oh, well, you're not actually working that hard then. But I think people don't realize how efficient you can become mm-hmm. at Pinterest and how big of an impact you can make with just doing things the correct way and being really knowledgeable about it and being you know kept up to date on the updates that Pinterest are making. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I started to notice, 
I was totally the type. I think it's so funny because I think a lot of service providers are this way, even if they are VAs or Pinterest managers or whatever it is, they're so Mm -hmm. scared to outsource in their own business and start bringing on team members and bring on help. (laughs) Yeah. Even though we're so preaching constantly to outsource and the benefits of outsourcing, once you actually have to do it, it's really terrifying. And Whenever I, you know, I had one friend of mine in real life who I outsourced to and was kind of a subcontractor underneath me when I was doing my VA work. And the only things I outsourced to her were Pinterest, mm-hmm. Pinterest tasks because I kind of started to realize how easy that was to outsource and how I was like, okay, there's structure to this. I, mm-hmm. I can tell her, you know, what needs to be done and it's going to be the same. It's not like I'm having to teach someone a bunch of new skills all at yeah. once. And I think that that kind of shows how easy it is to start to grow out the type of agency model as a Pinterest manager, because you know exactly what you're needing help with, whether it's yeah. pins or whether it's creating graphics or doing, you know, keyword research. You have like a very specific skill that you're doing that is mm-hmm. pretty linear, even though there's yeah. changes with updates delegate. and everything. Yeah. So I think, can you kind of talk about your experience with outsourcing and kind of starting to bring on others to help you with that and how it helped you scale your business? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think with outsourcing, that is honestly one of the biggest game changers that I've experienced or I've come across in my business is knowing that it's okay to not have to do it all. And exactly, it's like we practice, it's it's hard to practice what we what we preach because it is our business. It's so personal to us. And we almost get this sense of like, but can anybody do it better than I'm doing it? Or can anyone do it the way I would want them to do it? But that's the thing is like you, you outsource because that's the way that you can start growing. And that's the way to start scaling because eventually it it gets to a point where you can't do everything yourself. And if you do try and do everything yourself, you're not really going to be able to grow past that point. So for me with outsourcing, what I started to do is I really looked at what, what certain tasks within my business was I either not the best at, or I didn't enjoy, or they were holding me back. Or I would think about that task and I would just think, okay, if I could just have someone else completely take this over, how, like, what would that look like for my business? And how could I make more money or take on more clients because that thing is being outsourced or taken care of? Um, the first thing that I hired was a copywriter. So for me, um, writing, cause I do, I offer blogging as well. So writing copy, writing pin descriptions, um, things like that. I know how to do it and I feel comfortable doing it, but it takes me a lot longer than someone who I know is an expert in copywriting who really loves it, who really thrives on it. So I knew that if I could hand that off, I would be able to free up time to do other things that I was you know, really good at there that I wanted to focus on in my business. So that's the main thing for me is just really thinking about what I don't really want to spend my time doing anymore, or I feel like someone else could do it better, or that I feel like it's holding me back. And that was the number one question I asked myself. And once I was able to hand that over, it was, it cleared my mind to really give more of myself to my clients in other areas. So I was able to focus more on the strategy of Pinterest with my clients, um, helping them come up with content ideas, 
helping them um, like trying out different pin designs to see which which ones performed the best, which people which ones people were clicking on more often, um, thinking of different ways to increase engagement on Pinterest for my clients and really just focusing on like the SEO and strategy aspect of it versus the little tasks that were easy to hand off to someone else. So as far as learning Pinterest, I feel like this is something that a lot of people are like, okay, this sounds awesome. Now, how do I actually learn how to do these things? And I feel like it's, interestingly enough, obviously, I'm sure a lot of people listening to this know that we have our course, Pin and Thrive, (laughs) related to Pinterest learning. But interestingly enough, even though Pinterest management is, is, you know, a career that a lot of people want to go into, and Pinterest has gained a lot of traction within the past Mm -hmm. couple of years, there's not that many resources out there to learn how Pinterest works. And, you know, most importantly, to keep up to date with what's happening because Pinterest now is completely different than it was whenever I was offering it as a service. It's become more complicated, not, you know, to the extent that it's not easy to figure out, but there's so many different things that you can do. So I want to ask where you kind of first started going to learn how to, how to, operate Pinterest, how to create good results for your clients. And then I also want to know what you would suggest for people to go to wink, wink, learn about Pinterest (laughs) management. Definitely. I wholeheartedly agree. Pinterest is changing so quickly, so often, and it's an industry that's growing so much. It's in a good way because that's just better for us as Pinterest managers, because more businesses are starting to latch on and just see how much untapped potential Pinterest has for marketing. But I think for me, when I first started learning about Pinterest, um, the first, like the very first basic step I did was set up my own account. I started using it for my floral business and trying to figure out how to actually navigate the different tools and how to create a pin and how to upload this, how to upload that, the very, very basic foundations. Um, There are so many free resources on like Google and YouTube and things like that. Um, They're very foundational and they're not like the thing is when you come across a YouTube video that's like how to do this on Pinterest, you don't know how accurate it is because it could have been filmed and uploaded like years ago. And maybe the strategy from Pinterest has changed like a month later, like the algorithm updates are frequently changing. So Biggest thing I can recommend is definitely invest in education. Um, What Jess and I did was we put together our expertise and we put together our years of experience working with Pinterest and we created a resource that is ever evolving and ever updating and something that we can provide to people who are wanting to learn Pinterest um, as a tool, but also how to actually have a business as a Pinterest manager. And I feel like there are so many not so many, but there are courses out there where it's like, okay, here's how you use Pinterest. And it's very like, it's helpful because it teaches you the platform. But where we saw a gap in the industry was not very many people are teaching how to actually have the business side of things. So like how to find clients when you're a Pinterest manager, how to charge yourself, how to onboard, what kind of questions should you ask in an onboarding call or like what kind of content to post on Instagram or social media to attract clients to your Pinterest manager business, things like that. Um, how to create a monthly report, how to show your clients the results you're getting for them. So many things that go beyond just knowing Pinterest as a platform really well. That part's super important because you have to have the ability to actually do this for your clients and know what you're doing. Um, 
but yeah, we wanted to create something that was like, okay, this is how you put the two together and become a successful Pinterest manager in all different shapes and forms. So I'm just a huge advocate of investing in education because if I hadn't done that and if I haven't invested so much into my business the past couple of years since I started, I would not be where I am. And I probably would be like years from now, but just education and investing in people who are a step ahead of me or who know more than me is how I've been able to really kickstart and accelerate the process of um, knowing what I know. So that's why we wanted to do that so that we could actually have a course, a self-paced course for people to have access to all the modules that we've created, all the content that we have. We've got tutorials, um, step-by-step, how to do this, how to use Tailwind, how to um, do keyword research on Pinterest. And we have that hands-on learning for you so that you don't have to go to YouTube. You don't have to go spend hours and hours and months and months trying to put this all together yourself, but you have one place where it's like, we've done the trial and error for you. We've made the mistakes. We've learned these things and we've put them into one place for you to go and access all that. So we've got like resources, we've got templates that you can use in your business. So many things that are going to be beneficial to really accelerate that process and give you everything that you need to start your business as a Pinterest manager. Yeah, I think that that what you were mentioning before, or you know, just a second ago about mm-hmm. looking for looking on YouTube or looking on Google at resources. I think this is one of the kind of most common questions, or mm-hmm. I guess concerns that people have about starting as a service provider, whether it's a virtual assistant or whether it's a Pinterest manager. A lot of people are like, well, you can just Google this. Get that in my TikTok comments all the time. You guys can just Google this information. It's not like that crazy. And the only thing I can, you know, I've been thinking about this and I think that this is a pretty good comparison for what this is similar to, but I recently started learning piano and I, that was something I always wanted to do. And so I bought a piano and I am, you know, I've been looking at YouTube videos and all of these different things and trying to teach myself. And I've been putting off taking piano lessons, even though I know that I'm making this process so much harder on myself by trying to teach myself how to play piano when I know nothing about it. Whereas whenever you go to someone who is an expert in something or who has so much experience in it, you're really taking a shortcut essentially because if I will actually go to a piano teacher like I really should be doing, they're going to be able to show me what I'm doing wrong, what mistakes Mm -hmm. I'm making, what I don't need to focus on, what I do need to focus on. And my skills are going to excel so much faster than if I'm just trying to do it and trying to figure it out and trying to Google and YouTube. And I think that that's so similar to the online space, whether you're starting up as a VA and you're thinking about investing in DCA or whether you are, you know, you've been kind of on the fence about Pin and Thrive. I know a lot of people, you know, whenever we originally launched it in December, we had a lot of people sign up who were doing really well and have already got – we've had people who were getting client inquiries before the week before, even closed. Yeah, before launch. the cards closed. <laughs> right, so which cool. is amazing. Yeah. Um, but I think there was a lot of people who were kind of nervous because mm-hmm. of the common trope, which is, well, you can just Google these things. And mm-hmm. 
I think that what you mentioned about how foundational a lot of free information is, is so important. And I don't want anyone who literally doesn't have the means to invest to feel bad because you can always gain traction with free Mm -hmm. resources and then decide to invest the money that you make from your first client Mm -hmm. or two into something to kind of scale your business. But for those people who do have the means to invest and they're kind of just like, "Ah, I don't know, sitting on the fence about it. I think that it's super important to think about the fact that foundational knowledge is very different than applied knowledge and strategy. And in order to to build a thriving business where you actually can scale it, where you can start to hire other people, where you can start to charge six, $800 a month as a Pinterest manager, you got to have the results to back it up. And in order to have the results, yeah. Mm -hmm. And in order to have those results, you have to know what you're doing, to know the strategies, to know what's happening. So I think that that's super important, but I think it's something we all think about. We all try to Google our way through things before we invest in something. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. And we're not saying that you can't do that. And, And it completely depends on like the position that you're in, but it's just, it's so valuable to not only be willing to invest in your business, but to invest in yourself too. So you think about how much quicker you can get to where you want to be if you take the action, the steps that are required to get there. And yeah, it's like you just relying on what you have or relying on free resources or trying to kind of scramble to pull information from a hundred different sources that might get you a little farther ahead, or it might allow you to start or kind of have like a basis to go off of, but you're constantly going to be wondering like, was that person right? Who said that on YouTube or like how updated is this information? Or, you know, it's, it's just a very like condensed and accelerated way to grow your business and to start your business and to know, and to have that peace of mind that you're learning from people who have been through it all and who've learned it all for you. So you don't have to. So it's just, there's so much to be said about being like, if you have the means being willing to invest and make that investment into yourself, because you deserve to be in that position where you can just, you know, make the life that you want to have and really just get there quicker. So yeah, work smarter. Yeah. We, me and Cindy were sitting on this <laughs> Pinterest course for so long before we actually pulled it together. I feel like last year. Like last year, beginning of last year, beginning of 2021. I yeah, want to say it was like it was, February that you were like, we should do a Pinterest course. And I was like, yes, yeah, we should. It, it was so early in the year and it, we were both just so busy with everything. And of course, Sydney yeah, was, you know, a co coach in DCA. So we were just like, Go, trying to make it through everything else we had going on. And it was also just a matter of, you know, sitting down and doing it. Um, but mm-hmm. we, you know, kind of started planning it out. We met for the first time in October in person. So that was when we had a photo shoot um, for Pin and Thrive. <laughs> it was so it much was so fun. It was crazy to meet you in person because like, I mean, I coached with you. Like you were my first uh-huh. coach ever. You helped me start my business. And we were kind of like with me coaching in DCA and being kind of like business partners with you for so long. Mm -hmm. It was so wild to just be like, oh my gosh, you're real. This is you in real life. We had such a fun time, like shooting um, all of our photos for the course and just hanging out. It was 
it was a freaking blast. It was, <laughs> it was so, so much, much fun. fun. It, it's so weird because whenever you meet people online and you, you know, know them or you work with them, yeah. you feel like you've already met them. Like I, whenever yeah. I saw you in person, I was like, oh yeah, there's Sydney. Like I didn't even yeah. process the fact that yeah. we had never met before. Um, and I've literally been like laughing to myself the entire time we've been recording this because <laughs> I want to kind of share some behind the scenes. Um, Dude, I have to have tell this story. Moments. Yeah, I got to tell the the Instagram story story. (laughs) So embarrassing moment is our laughter, our funny story. (laughs) Oh my God. It was so funny. I feel like everyone with us, like we had Jackie, our photographer and Kaylin and Mm -hmm. um, (laughs) I feel like they were all like, what is happening? But we, so we get in Sydney's car. This is the night before the photo shoot. We get in Sydney's car and something was going, I'm already dying. (laughs) I'm like, how are you going to get through this? Am I going to need to jump in and finish the story for you? <laughs> so we get in Sydney's car and something is going on with the like the music panel, the, radio, the control yeah. panel. Yeah. So we couldn't hook our phones up. We couldn't play music. We're driving to dinner. And so we're like, okay, whatever. We'll just put on the radio. And the first thing that comes on and it's like blasting Blaring. because we've <laughs> – we've been messing with all of these knobs trying to get it to work is mariachi music and uh, yeah (laughs) why that just like sent us at the time it was just so funny because we didn't turn it off for some reason we just let it go so the whole time on the way to dinner we're listening to mariachi music and this just becomes like a recurring theme in the rest of our lives probably but the next day at the photo shoot (laughs) we're like okay well you know we've both done photo shoots before it's it's always kind of like a bit nerve-wracking but we were we've both done it before yeah you gotta loosen up it's always different dynamic whenever you're actually shooting with another person and so I'm like okay I'm just gonna blast mariachi music then (laughs) just to loosen everyone up so on the speaker I'm getting my makeup done Sydney's being photographed just like posing, posing yeah. normally, trying to be serious, and there's Jackie's just mariachi taking- music. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Jackie's taking video. She's doing behind the scenes shot. She's like, okay, so write it on here, and then she's like, genuinely like, trying to. Like- <laughs> like she's giving us direction. Like it's it's all being recorded. Mariachi music in the background. <laughs> Blasting. Blasting. <laughs> so fast forward. <laughs> <laughs> so we're in December now and Sydney I go on Sydney's story because we're both posting like crazy promoting pin and thrive you know we only had doors open for a week so we really had been kind of planning this out mm-hmm. and so Sydney starts posting videos from the shoot as kind of like the background yeah, and she had a text overlay uh-huh and it was muted all the videos were muted and she's like except for one clip <laughs> Sydney's like, do you want to become a Pinterest manager? Do all you serious, all inspiring. <laughs> you have like the little twinkle emoji on your text, and you're like, imagine this. I thought I was being so influential. <laughs> So I'm tapping through these slides. I'm like, oh, this is awesome. And then I come to this slide that's unmuted. I and all I hear. I to turn off the sound on the Instagram click. And there's a mariachi. I had no idea because Jess had a DM me and she was like, in all capitals, like, ha, 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 the mariachi. And I was like, oh, my God. And I go on Instagram and I'm like frantically like trying to like take down the clip so I can repost it with no sound. 
So you was I was freaking dying. Uh, you were like, and it's like blasting in the clip, and the text overlay is like, I really, really wait. I'm gonna pause because I need to see what you put yeah, over it. Do it. I, yeah, I found it. So I immediately screen recorded this. I was literally about to pee myself. I was like, this is so amazing. So the first clip, it's like muted. There's a beautiful like pool background. Guess what? This is possible for you as a Pinterest manager. Next slide. Pinterest management is one of the main services that led me to do what I love for a living. And I get to read the rewards of feeling so aligned in what I do. It's I made me discover... So freaking serious on this clip and I was trying to be so influential and like you know like really speak to people meanwhile the background is like mariachi music and then Jackie's like okay now look up now pretend you're writing pretend you're doing this and I I literally can't even believe I put that. I'm gonna play this clip for everyone so they can actually hear it but keep in mind not only are we blasting mariachi music Kaylin's in the background my Kaylin is my OBM so she was there to help us Kaylin's in the background blowing up this like in floating floating chair or something that we were gonna use as a prop and the the air The air supply pump is so loud. It's like the depths of hell. This what it's this the last <laughs> clip that I wanted to use and forget to mute. Like the last yeah. one I should have forgotten to mute on my Instagram story. So many things going on in the background. So much chaos. Oh, so I'm, I'm gonna play it for yours. everyone. This is a this is an interactive podcast episode. So all right, we've, we've just set the scene in your mind. You're scene. looking at these beautiful muted clips. Guess what? This is possible for you as a Pinterest manager. And then, oh wait, is it playing? Is it gonna play? Play. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> Okay, technical difficulty. This is exactly, this is the just so fitting. All right, so anyways, yeah, you've set the scene in your mind. You know what's coming. Pinterest management is one of the main services that led me to do what I love for a living. <laughs> Can you guys hear that? And then immediately, what was like the best is immediate. I'm like taking my sweater off because I'm so hot from laughing. Immediately after this, I can't take mine off. (laughs) (laughs) This just turns into a completely different type of podcast. And this is how it was like on the way home from dinner too. Like we were just like we could not stop cracking up about the randomest things. Kaylin has a like five minute video of just us straight like. dying i'm driving we're losing our minds and, yeah we're losing our minds my favorite part oh. about this is that after that clip where it's the mariachi music kaylin's uh, sounds like a demon in the background <laughs> then the next slide is another normal video of us looking so cute it's <laughs> muted and it says if this feels like where you want to be <laughs> join jessica hawks and i inside <laughs> if this feels like where you want to be <laughs> i so- <laughs> I immediately messaged Sydney and I was like losing my mind because I was laughing so hard and I was like people are gonna be like you know what my husband they're like can I get a refund yeah my husband like I was on the couch when I like realized I'd forgot to mute that (laughs) clip Jess DM'd me and she was cracking up she was laughing so hard and I told I told my husband Michael about it and he was like well no one's gonna want to buy the course now because you guys are so (laughs) weird 
I was like, you're probably, he was joking, obviously, but I'm like, you're probably right. I just ruined it. <laughs> we just get a million emails. We're like, after consider after seeing the Instagram story that Sydney posted, with further consideration, I've decided to ask you. Like, you guys are so unprofessional. I could never buy anything from you. Oh, man. If this feels like where you want to be. <laughs> Everybody's like, yeah, that fe- that feels like exactly where I don't want to be. Like, that <laughs> Whatever like you guys chaos, are doing, what it sounds like. You're right. <laughs> oh my god, so funny. And then, oh, good times. Obviously, yeah. There's just so that's a little bit behind the scenes of what goes into a Pinterest course. <laughs> that's what it took to brought pin- to bring Pin and Thrive into the world, <laughs> to life. <laughs> Oh, that's like forever going to be one of my favorite experiences I've ever had. (laughs) So anyway, (sighs) join Pin and Thrive. (laughs) Sign up. Learn from Jess and Sydney. (laughs) And Jess and Sydney. (laughs) Oh my God. It's going to be hard to recover back to normal conversation after this, but anyone DM me if you want the OG video of that, and I'll send you the screen recording. <laughs> I, I approve. I consent to anyone who wants to see it. You can see it. Oh, it's too so good not to share. Funny. <laughs> too oh, good yeah. not to share. Okay, so Sydney, <laughs> for real, I do want to ask you this, but we're okay. just gonna struggle with it. <laughs> so, I want to ask you if Pin and Thrive is where you want to be. <laughs> I know so I want to ask you what what type of differences that you see in yourself now versus when you first started your business or even a little bit before I feel like that's really where the change takes place that is a good question I feel like the biggest changes that I've seen in myself are just confidence and overall feeling so aligned and happy in what I'm doing I think that I've struggled for so long like um, you know, we all have a similar story. I know Jess, it's like being a college dropout and not graduating or not finishing your degree. I felt so much guilt for so long for being the person that just didn't finish college and just kind of gave up on my degree. And it was genuinely because I knew that I couldn't see myself doing what I was going to school for. And so I kind of just like you know, if I'm going to be, if I'm going to be happy, if I'm going to really do what I want to do, I have to just free up my life for opportunities to come in that I know will be better for me. So I would say confidence and just being like, knowing that I'm capable of so much more than I thought I was capable of, of like, if you would have asked me years ago, if I would be, you know, a Pinterest expert doing marketing, you know, seeing, meeting my business friends in real life and, co-coaching in a program and like doing all these things that I'm doing now, guest experts speaking on a podcast, like things like that you, I would never have believed I would ever do. And so I think that it gave me just the confidence to know, like, look, I'm capable of doing quite literally anything I set my mind to, as long as I have that commitment and as long as I have that determination. And yeah, I would say that's the biggest thing is I've just seen so much change in how I show up, how I present myself and just feeling more like I can off, like I have something to offer to this space and to offer to the world. And I think that's the biggest thing that I've really learned about myself. Yeah, I love that. I feel like yeah. I was just talking about this or thinking about this earlier today when I was on TikTok. But 
Um, I feel like so many people feel like they're not cut out to be business owners or they just, you know, weren't meant to do that or they never could be business owners. And Mm -hmm. I think that's a a mindset that, believe it or not, a lot of business owners used to have. You know, I never really thought that I would be able to not necessarily do it. I knew once I was doing it that I could do it, but it's the actual starting the process and that pushing yourself out of your comfort zone and overcoming fears that you have. I feel like that's what most of us are really afraid of and feel like we quote unquote can't do. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think that for a lot of people, of course, there's always going to be people who prefer to be at an excuse me, at a nine to five and clocking mm-hmm. in and out and kind of yeah. leaving work at totally work. Fine. And that's, yeah, it's yeah. totally fine. But I think for a lot of people who feel, oh my God, hiccups. I think for a lot of people who feel like they're kind of stifled in some way by a nine to five, what's really cool about starting a business is that it can kind of bring out a version of yourself that was always in there, but that yeah. you hadn't really had the chance to dying to come out. <laughs> mm-hmm. The, mm-hmm. Yeah. You just weren't able to refine it because you were feeling like you couldn't be creative at work or at school, or you were always doing what other people wanted because I feel very similar to you. I feel like my confidence has done a total 180 since I started my business. Yeah. I, there's so many things that you are, you think, Oh, I could never do that. I could never guest speak. I could never be on a podcast. I could never mm-hmm. insert whatever scary thing it is. It and then all of a sudden, and you're just not used uh-huh. to doing those big things. Like you've lived a life yeah. where you've felt comfortable and you've stayed safe. Mm-hmm. But then it's like, once you actually give yourself the space to let these things into your mm-hmm. life and do these big things that you thought were scary before, like it still can be scary, but you actually learn that you're so much more capable of doing it because you're not in a position where you, where that part of you is being stifled. Like you're actually able to breathe and be yourself. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's cool. Cause like your business can look anything like it doesn't have to look like anyone else's. It can be mm-hmm. exactly what you want it to be. And I think that's another limiting belief that I actually have had to work through quite a bit is like, there's a lot of pressure sometimes to be the type of business owner that you see other people doing and finding success in. And if it's like, if that doesn't feel right to you, if you don't want to like go live on Instagram every single day to get clients, like you don't have to do that. Like there's so many different Mm -hmm. ways to be a business owner and to really work your business around your life versus your life around your business. And that's the most important thing to remember is that like you are in charge and that's the beauty of it is that you get to make all your own decisions you can show up exactly how you want to show up in a way that feels really exciting and good and that just feels like you. And you don't have to pretend to be anybody else. And you get to like, you know, base your business off of what you're good at and what you enjoy and completely craft something that is 100% you. And that's something that like, once I realized that as a business owner, that's when I was able to really thrive and just love what I like wake up loving what I do every single day and like not feel like I was confined to like the lifestyle where it's like you see other people doing this and they're running their business this way and they're finding success so that means I have to do it that way it's like it's not like that at all yeah we were just talking about this before we actually started recording how we Mm -hmm. both had woken up today at like 11 and then taking time (laughs) to get ready and that's like everything looks different it's amazing yeah 
It's it's so just even that sounds like such a small thing. It's like, oh, you you want to complain about having to get up at 6 a.m. It's like, yeah, actually, I don't want to get up at 6 Mm a.m. for work and being able to, you know, start to prioritize the things, even if they were small things that you couldn't when you were in a nine to five means so much to a lot of people. And I think what you were saying about being able to make your business look how you want is super important because I think that, you know, this is kind of like the, I don't even know what to call it, the 10K trope, but we Mm -hmm. always hear that in the online space. 10K, how to hit 10K months. You can hit 10K months. And there are some people- Yeah, exactly. And there's so many, there are people who come into the online space who are like, yes, I want to make this amount of money. I want to be a millionaire. I want to do this. I want to take my business to the heights, whatever heights I can take it to. And then there are also people who come into the online space and they're like, hey, I have two kids. I want to sleep in. I want to relax. I want to work a few hours, you know, so I can travel. Yeah. And I want to make 4K a month or whatever, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that those are both perfectly yeah. fine and those Whatever are both perfectly, like yeah mm-hmm. they're both perfectly able to be accomplished in the online yeah. space so I love that I think that it's I think it's really cool that people are are you can be booked out at whatever you want, whether that's 15 hours a week or whether that's mm-hmm. 30 hours a week or, you know, obviously that looks a little bit different whenever you're something, yeah. doing something like Pinterest management, but you can take on a few clients and be making multiple thousand dollars a month. Yeah. So it's it's really cool because our view of what work and success looks like has become so skewed Mm -hmm. by what we've grown up around. We think we Mm -hmm. have to be in pain to be doing well or to be working hard. We think we have to be suffering and anxious and burnt out and exhausted at the end of the day. And I still struggle with this when I'm like taking down time to myself and I'm not like working super late or whatever. I'm like, oh, I feel like I'm not working very hard. But that's so silly because I've, you know, worked hard in my business to get to this point where I don't have to do that so much success looks so different for everyone and it's like yeah it's we grew up thinking like if you're not putting in 40 hours a week if you're not tired by the end of the day then you're not working hard enough or you're not putting in as much effort as other people and it's like if you want to work 10 hours a week and make a crazy huge impact for clients or provide a service that's like maybe you're working very little, but you're making huge waves for whoever you're working for. It's like success looks so different for each person and it really should only be determined by what you want it to look like. And so that's the, like my favorite part of being a business owner. And the biggest thing I've learned since starting my business is that there's no strict timeline. Business does not have to be like a linear you know, increment, like you're doing better every single month, like it can go up and down and there's trials and there's hard times. And, you know, just being an entrepreneur in general, it's not always easy. And, but it, but that's the beauty of it is that it can look however you want it to. And if you have a hard month, you can completely switch up your business structure if you want to, or you Mm -hmm. can pivot. And there's so much flexibility to call the shots and, you're in charge of what your business looks like and what your life looks like. And um, it's a lot of responsibility, but it's also the most amazing thing ever if that's what you want for yourself. 
Yeah, I totally agree. So, Sydney, what would your advice be to someone who is wanting to enter the online space, potentially wanting to become a Pinterest manager, but is nervous or feels unequipped or just feels scared to have to kind of show up online in general? Yeah, I think the number one thing that you can do to start is just to start learning as much as you can. Be a sponge, observe, um, invest in resources, invest in education if you, you know, if you have the means to do so. And really just try taking it in as much as you can possibly know about that thing that you're wanting to do. Um, And also just commitment. The key to being successful and to really launching a business that that's what you want to do online is to commit to it because it all falls on that one decision. Like, are you going to start this? Are you going to show up for yourself? Are you going to put yourself out there? And um, yeah, it all, it all comes down to just deciding that's what you're going to do and committing to it because there are going to be hard days. There are going to be days where you don't really feel like showing up or you don't feel like working or um, you don't feel like you're capable or you feel imposter syndrome. And you really have to have that commitment in place because that's the one thing that you have to fall back on is like, I committed to this. I'm going to see it through. I'm going to keep pushing when things get hard and really just remembering why you started in the first place. Yeah. Commitment is super, super important throughout the whole time, entirety of your business, not just the beginning too. Well, I'm very impressed that we made it through this without (laughs) dying. (laughs) Me too. We did a little bit, but we did. We did. We did. There was a bit of a, I feel like we, we went a little wild in the middle there when we were. Pretty good for us though. It's been worse. We've tried to record things in the past and we couldn't, we had to stop because we couldn't stop laughing. We just couldn't do it. So yeah. I don't know if anyone remembers my Instagram stories when we were trying to film a video, but it took us, yeah, we had probably, actually I know for that for a fact because I recorded it to my zoom cloud and there were 42 files. Keep in mind, this is like a one minute video and there were 42 files of us trying to record. <laughs> we look at each other on Zoom and then we just bust out laughing. Like we could not do, we couldn't take ourselves seriously. I don't yeah, know. We were I, struggling. I feel like my mouth is just like constantly trembling when I talk to you. That sounds like perverted. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny because I totally know what you mean. But like the way that sounds, it's so freaking funny. And I feel like, like I, I feel like I'm just salivating when I talk I to you. You're like, okay. I'm so irresistible. It's okay. Yes, you're welcome. <laughs> I just confess my love for you. <laughs> you're like, can we cut? Can it's we all just turn down on the podcast? <laughs> oh my God. We're going to use this as a uh, clickbait. Yeah. <laughs> you like, you took your sweater off. You're just like, oh, I'm laughing so hard. It's so hot. <laughs> I'm like, look at this. It's so hot in here slowly peeling it oh, off Sydney's like that's gosh. awesome Jess <laughs> here we go again just like always <laughs> I just think oh. showing my shoulders is like the most seductive thing I could do <laughs> too tempting oh, too man. tempting <laughs> too much she just leaves the, the recording room <laughs> bye <laughs> she can't handle it uh, anyways everyone this was uh, fun this is really fun it was fun i'm uh i'm super excited that we were Good able to though. actually coordinate this and get through it and uh, for anyone listening who is 
It's kind of taking this as their sign to jump into Pinterest management. We have our Pin and Thrive course. Uh, I think we're recording this a little bit early, but I think by the time that we're launching this, we should be in or releasing this episode, we should be in launch phase for Pin and Thrive. So you can head over to either of our Instagrams to check it out. You can also go to fluent-university.com. We'll put all of that in the show notes. Um, But it's really fun. And we've had, we're having so much fun in the Facebook group too. Um, Whenever you join you get access to an alumni Facebook group and me and Sydney are pretty active in there and it's been really really fun so far just kind of seeing everyone's wins and people already getting clients and you know supporting each other and asking questions because I feel like that type of continued support is what people really need Mm -hmm. especially in the community Mm -hmm. that changes so fast and yeah the community is huge I think that's another thing to focus on when you're first starting is building relationships with people I am so it's I'm so the type to just kind of be a recluse and keep Mm -hmm. to a few people but you can build friendships like me and Sydney's if you (laughs) you You can build friendships that are the opposite of this (laughs) You can do whatever you want it to be. Uh, well, Sydney, let everyone know where they can find you. You guys can find me on pretty much everything on Instagram at Sydney Kerr Creative, um, Pinterest Sydney Kerr Creative, and yeah, those are my two main things. I'm on TikTok too, but I have not dabbled into that as much as I should. So, <laughs> Instagram is where I mostly hang out, so you can find me there. And yeah, Sydney Kerr Creative. That's me. You can find her on uh, SoundCloud making mariachi <laughs> remix. <laughs> I found my new life's purpose. I'm quitting my business. I am going to become a – I'm going to join a mariachi band. That's what I've always wanted. She has two monthly listeners on Spotify. <laughs> it's like you and my husband. It's, it's, it's me and you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> She's oh like, Yes. <laughs> Use my dream, making my dreams come true. <laughs> All right, everyone. Ooh. Well, thank you for listening, Sydney. Thank you so much for being here. Like I said, come on me. over. Yes, of course. Come on over to our Instagrams if you want to learn more about Pin and Thrive. And I will talk to you all on the next episode. Bye. Bye. Guys. Thank you for listening to the Digital State of Mind podcast. I am your host, Jessica Hawks, and I am so happy to have you here. Follow along with us on Instagram at the Digital State of Mind so that we can stay connected with you and get your feedback on what you want to hear on the show. I know everyone says this, but we're serious, okay? <laughs> Talk to you next time.